Oh, yeah. We're in those deep waters right now. Oh, my. Oh. <laughs> oh, thank you for those deep waters of your grace, Lord, of your love. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm telling you, there's some kids in the youth group right now who are seeing the goodness of God in a reality that they've never seen before. And I, I, I hate to say this out loud, but some of the young people are getting drunk. They're getting drunk on the love of the Lord. Because this gospel is so good that if you really saw it, the way the Lord is serving it up, you would be so happy. And the thing that we're finding out is that there are no second-rate people in the kingdom. There's no second-class, less spiritual people in this house. But the Lord is serving this new wine to everybody. There's grace for everybody. Grace for everybody. As much as we want, we can drink and drink and drink and drink and drink. And our outward circumstances have no bearing on it. I love what Byron was saying about breaking the rules because I'm telling you, we are at this place in time where breaking the rules of men is essential because in order to lay hold of the scandalous message of the gospel of the cross, we are going to have to let go of the rules of men. So what I want to do is I want you guys to stay in a Holy Ghost place right now. Because Chris is going to come up here and share a word that's probably going to change your life forever. Because this is what we've been finding out. We've been seeing this. Is that when we see with the eyes of our heart, when the eyes of our heart have truly been opened, we cannot help but respond. Did you know that true worship cannot be mustered up? Did you know that true worship cannot be squelched? So I'm sitting around on these couches with a couple of kids and we're revelating back and forth and all we're talking about is how good the Lord is. I'm not just saying, yeah, the Lord's good. I'm talking about we're feasting on His goodness. And the words that are coming out of our mouth is all about His goodness. And you know what happened in there? Worship. I mean, worship, we could not contain ourselves. It was just springing forth. We were shouting, laughing. We were getting crazy in there. There was no worship leader in there going, all right, church, now it's time to get your praise on. You've really got to fight through for this. No, it was there because Jesus was in the room with us. And that's what Byron's talking about. Jesus is here. Pastor Chris. <laughs> yeah, so good. Yeah, I just want to talk good news because that's all we're talking about. You good? Do you need some, did you stick something on my back? What happened? What was that? Yeah, I just want to talk good news tonight because... There, there's no doubt there's some hunger, hunger in this room, and he gave us a feast. He prepared the table and gave us a feast to sit at at any moment that we ever want. And so I just wanted to walk through some good news. And think of this not as like good news 
weird 70s Bible with the words good news on it, but I'm talking about like a news report or a friend giving you good news. You're getting that good news text message, some kind of really good news. You know, it says, blessed are the feet of those who bring good news, you know, like just everything about them, even their feet is good. You know, like when, when somebody's bringing good news, everything is good. And so this is some good news right here. This is what just has become totally opened up in my life. And uh, I've just been just in this continuous feast of the gospel for like the, almost the first time in my life. I'm really understanding what it means to be in relationship with the Lord. And this is where it starts. This is where it ends right here. So it's Galatians 2.20. I'm going to read a lot of different translations. So sorry, college group. I, I already read these to you guys. But this, this, I read these every day probably. Galatians 2.20. Here's old King James. It says, I am crucified with Christ. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I but Christ, he lives in me. Christ lives in me. <laughs> Here's the Greek version. That I have been co-crucified with Christ. My own life is dead. I'm dead. I'm a dead man. Verse 21 goes on to saying, I'm not going to treat the grace of God as if it didn't exist. It does. That's our reality. New century. I was put to death on the cross with Christ. Contemporary English. Here we go. I have been nailed to the cross with Christ. I have been nailed to the cross. I have been. You have been. Ooh. Jewish Bible. When Messiah was executed on the stake as a criminal, I was too. So that my proud ego no longer lives. Thank you, Lord, for that. Here's the message. It is no longer important that I appear righteous before you or have your good opinion. See, I'm no longer driven to impress God. Christ lives in me. I love this. This is the distilled version. I consider myself as having died. And now I am enjoying a new existence, which is simply Jesus using my body. Come on. Oh, oh I got to come down. Here's Labak. Ready? Christ took me to the cross with him, and I died there with him. See, he invited me. He took me there. I, I probably was, you know, kicking and screaming, but he took me there. Thank you. That's his grace. Right there is his grace. So good. All I'm talking about is literally going to the cross with Christ. Each one of us. That's what Paul was saying. We were taken with Jesus to the cross. That means that we were executed with him. He put us inside of his heart. 
like some weird Siamese twin pretzel thing, you know? Like, we were in him. He took us there. He took us there. And he put us up there with him. So we don't have to live anymore. Oh. So good. You know, Romans 6 goes on to, we're sharing in his crucifixion. We're sharing in his burial. You see, we went into the grave with him, our old man. Everything that tied us to the old life was taken into the ground, into the grave, and it was severed there. You see, when, when the Lord died, he said, it is finished. It's finished. All the ladder climbing, all the depression, all the sickness, all of that for all of us was taken. It was finished. The veil was ripped. We have direct pipeline communion with a loving Father. We have pleasure. He restored that Adam relationship with us. Eden, the Garden of Eden, Eden, Eden means pleasure. We get invited into this garden of pleasure again. So we were buried with him. All of the stuff that's connecting us with the old man is dead. All of it was dead. And now we get to be risen up with him. Romans 6, getting shared in his resurrection. That's why Ephesians, Paul was able to say that we're seated in heavenly places. That's what he's talking about. We were taken up with Jesus and seated in heavenly places. And that is our reality. Our reality is a direct pipeline with the Lord. Our reality is a wide open spaces of the Holy Spirit. We can explore. It's a, there is no end to heaven. Those are the wide open spaces. We can explore. We can look around. We can dance. We can celebrate. We can drink up. Obviously. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Those are the green pastures. It's happy hour. That's right. It's happy hour 24 hours a day. It's a 24-hour happy hour. Oh! <laughs> oh. So, hey, get thirsty and drink. Get hungry and eat. That's what's so amazing is that we don't have to stay hungry. It's just like, like when I'm hungry, I want to eat. That's bottom line. I'm going to eat. And that's what we can do in the Spirit. He opened up. That's the feast. That's the wedding feast. That's the feast of the Lamb. We can eat at any time. We just eat of Him. That is a real communion, isn't it? It's so good. Oh, I mean, when communion, I do appreciate little crackers and little moments of juice. I do appreciate that. But that's just in remembrance of what we can do perpetually, which is just this huge feast at the King's table. 
and he serves the choicest of food we could ever desire. And the Holy Spirit gives it to us. Oh, it's so good. So good. Let me read this. Oh. Oh, do you see? In the Lord, there is no lack. There is no lack in the Lord whatsoever. There is no lack. It's completed in Him. He is the way. He's the truth. He's the life. He's everything involved. There is no lack in the, in the Lord. He gives it to us by His Holy Spirit. I think of Elijah, you know, when the oil never ran out. That's what we have. We just give them what we got, which is this earthen vessel, this container for the Lord. And he nonstop oil, always, never run out. Use as much as you want. Use as much as you want. We got baited into this thing. I got to be honest. Like, the Lord just dropped this one thing to my wife, and he just said, fig tree. And that was it. And I, it was almost like the Lord was like, hey, look out that window. You know, like, look and see what's outside. And he's like, bah! And he kicks us over the edge into his love. Let me explain it. So we started to explore this fig tree idea, idea right? And in Matthew 21, there's this really, really weird thing that Jesus does. My wife's drinking right now. <laughs> All right, so this is Jesus. He walks up. He sees this fig tree. And it's like dead of winter. This is not like prime harvest season for figs. It's dead of winter. He walks up to this fig tree, and he sees it's not bearing fruit. I mean, right, it's winter, right? It's not bearing fruit. And he sees that it's not bearing fruit, curses it, withers away, and his disciples are kind of confused, like, ooh, bad day, I guess. I don't know. And then he starts talking about the faith. He starts talking about faith, you know, like, If you say to this mountain, you know, be cast in this sea, you know, anything's possible with the Lord. But I got to be honest, when I read that, I was confused. But I realized it's because there is no lack with Jesus. We're, We're done with the seasonal experience of the Lord. You know, we have perpetual fruit. We're going to be bearing fruit in season, out of season, always. Because that is what the Lord did for us. Yeah, he took all the toil, he took all of it away. And there it is, fruit, year in and year out. I love what Michelle Perry said, you know, like, we're always in transition. We're going from glory to glory to glory to glory. Yeah, there's no lack. There's no lack. He supplied it by his grace. Isn't that so good? All of that was cut away. Everything he did was absolutely cut away from the sinful nature of our heart, right? So whenever we are sinning, which of course we look around and, you know, we look at ourselves even, you know, and just see like, I'm a mess, you know, like of course sin is still there. Like, but the, what the amazing thing is, is that he's, it says that he circumcised our hearts. I know it's graphic. But it's cut away. That old man is cut away. 
And any time that I'm sinning, I'm forgetting what reality is. Any time that I'm neglecting who I am, you know, or just not being myself or walking away or turning away from the Lord, that I'm just forgetting who I am, which is seated in heavenly places, which is like, it's kind of like Paul puts it as like, you know, how can you like rebuild the barn that you torn down? How can you live in a place you've already left, right? I've been heard it's likened to like a memory. Like we can remember old houses that may be thousands of miles away and we can even remember what they smell like, right? But we're not living in them, right? So there might be a whiff. It's a really bad whiff, you know? But all we have to do is remember where we are. We're right in the Lord's lap. We're seated in heavenly places. We've already been dead. That side of me has been dead. It's been cut away. There's no more in that. And that's what repentance is, taking your mind and moving it and looking it back into reality, right? It's no more like banging your head against the wall, tears shooting out of everywhere, every, liquids coming out of every place. You know, like all it is is changing our mind, saying this is a lie, this is truth. This is a lie, this is truth. I'm going to live in truth, right? And you see, that's the good news. The good news is that we don't have to live in a lie anymore. The good news is that we don't have to work at it. Isn't that crazy? We don't have to do a thing. It's already been done. Did you have to do anything to make good news happen that you've heard? No. It was already done 2,000 years ago. It's already being done right now. So is, didn't he make it like shooting fish in a barrel easier than that? I don't even have to pull the trigger, right? Like, all we have to do is look away into truth. All right, I'm going to choose truth. I'm going to choose life. All I have to do is look into Jesus. You know, we get hungry, passionately hungry, like a passionate desire for the Lord, and we're satisfied. Isn't that amazing is that we can be a people who are satisfied. Who in this world can say that? You know? He's created a bridge to this Eden, to this pleasure of the Lord. All our needs can be met. Doesn't that change like everything that you see about the people around you? It's like, oh man, misguided pleasure. Of course, you know? It can be met with Jesus. All of the judgment was poured out on Jesus. So when we look around, it's not about judgment. It's people living without hearing the good news, right? It's crazy. So, you know, um, Lincoln, I'm, I'm a history teacher, so Lincoln had the Emancipation Proclamation, wrote it out, all the slaves are free, no more slavery in America, right? And... It took a little while for word to get round because people were suppressing this truth, right? The slave masters were suppressing this truth and not letting the real truth of your legal status to be coming in, right? But your legal status is a free man. That is your legal status. And so what I'm saying, all we have to do is release the good news, like 
look, I didn't do anything about this. I don't even know all that the emancipation says, you know, in and out. But I know it says we're free. So let's go on that, right? It's crazy. Do you know that Paul even calls, like in some translations, he even calls the sinful nature the slave master? Isn't that crazy? Because that's what it is. It just keeps you in bondage. It keeps you from receiving the reality of a, of a free legitimacy in Christ. It keeps you from realizing the spirit of adoption, that we are literally son kings. We are kings and priests in heaven, seated in heavenly places. All the work's been done. We get hungry, we eat. We respond, man, this was good. When Amy makes something so good, I just can't help myself. I'm like, whoa, this is good, right? I'm like, this tastes so good. And that's what worship is, right? Worship doesn't bring us any closer to the Lord, right? Jesus did that. Jesus brought us as close to the Lord, like I said, like the weird pretzel Siamese twin baby thing. Like, it's crazy, you know? So he brought us as close as we possibly can. Worship is a response. Prayer doesn't bring you any closer to the Lord. It's a love language. It's a communication. It's a concern for friends that you're bringing before somebody who can do something about it. Right? (laughs) Isn't that so good? Oh, that's like a... I just feel like I'm in one of those chairs that massage you right now. Like, I just feel so happy. I feel so happy because I don't have to work for anything. I don't have to please anybody. Like, he's so pleased with me. He sees his son. Like, he sees a good son. He loves. All of the judgment for the nonsense I did was already taken out. Isn't that good news? Doesn't that change your mind about even the words good news in like a Christian setting? Ah, it's changed our heart. He's literally cut away the old man. And now we get to be seated with him. We have direct fellowship with him. We get to just enjoy him. We get to look into his eyes. We get to hold his hand. We get to just have fun. We can play cards or whatever that looks like. Yeah? Isn't that good? Full access full access. The veil was torn. We have full access to the Father. You don't have to clean up a thing. You don't have to clean up one thing before you get into the throne room. Hebrews always talks about like coming boldly into the throne room. Just right before the throne of grace. Because there's grace poured out so like more than we have a container to hold. Right? That's all it is anymore. He already poured out his judgment. So don't, you just can't believe a lie anymore. We got to go onward, right? We got to complete this race. It's so good. He supplies the grace. We can run and not grow weary. That's what running the race is, right? He promises like run the race, but... Run and don't grow weary. I got the grace to supply your every need. Everything's completed in Jesus. Let me read something. This is good. This is something that we found today. 
Apparently, in the Bible, there's a book called Jude. So good. <laughs> Listen to this. This is a treasure. This is a hidden treasure. Okay, here's Amplified, so it might be a little wordy. Jude, it only has one chapter. Verse 24. Ready? It says, Now to him who is able to keep you without stumbling or slipping or falling and to present you unblemished, blameless and faultless before the presence of his glory and triumphant joy. I just use the joy word when talking about the cross. Triumphant joy and exaltation with unspeakable ecstatic delight. I'm in for ecstatic delight. Uh-oh. To the one and only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, splendor, majesty, might, dominion, and power, and authority before all time. All time. That includes 2011. All time, now and forever, unto the ages of eternity. Amen. That is rich. That's good. I just wanted to say one thing. When you encounter this pure gospel message in an unfiltered, raw form, there's a bliss that is released. There's a bliss, an overwhelming bliss. Bliss. It's a happy, 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 happy message. And if you haven't had a taste of the bliss, we're going to invite you up for prayer tonight and just touch our hands and give you a, a blissful, happy, joyful existence tonight. So if you feel a stirring in your heart, even if you don't feel a thing, if you don't feel a thing, come up and get a touch, get a taste of the gospel. So good. All right, well, come on up. Let's eat. Yeah, if any of the ministry team can come on up, we're just going to impart that. We're just going to give it out. I just heard this today, this morning on our way here, and I just, I just feel like this is what the Lord wants to do. He wants to release oil right now. He wants to release His oil right now, okay? And this is what I heard. Give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning. Give me oil in my lamp, I pray. Give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning. Keep me burning till the break of day. Me oil in my lamp, keep me burning. Give me oil in my lamp, I pray. Give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning. Keep me burning till the break of day.
King. 